you feel like you are trapped also but do you actually feel like that day to day do i yeah i feel like i can be deceived by this world yeah but i never feel trapped yeah by yeah, it. yeah same but we are trapped technically we are but how trapped what do you mean by trapped <coughs> we're gonna discuss it good one Assalamu alaikum guys, welcome back to another episode of After Maghrib. Hope you're having a beneficial month, holy month of Rajab, inshallah, with the Wiladat and of course the Shahada of Sayyidina Zainab, Salamullahi alayha, which was a few days ago. And of course, this being such a spiritual, blessed, pious month, we are starting to begin our preparations for the holy month of Shah Ramadan. We are sowing the seeds of spirituality. The month that's going to come up, inshallah. Rajab, Sha'aban, and then of course Shah Ramadan. These are three months where our connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has to be 110%. So we're going to be on a mission, inshallah, between now and of course Eid al Fitr to try our best to connect ourselves and hopefully yourselves with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we're going to start with this conversation on the dunya. Now, this might feel like a cliche conversation, but I really want you to stay focused because when we step back and take a, a long look at ourselves, we're constantly deceived by the dunya. Some may even say we're trapped in the dunya. And maybe there are times, there are situations day to day where we're so engrossed, so infatuated with our worldly responsibilities, our worldly desires, that we even come to a point where we don't even acknowledge that we're putting our dunya first and our akhirah may not even be second. It may not even be in the picture at all. So this is a conversation definitely worth having. And as always, I'm honored to be joined my, by my favorite co-host, my only co-host, the only co-host I'll ever host after Maghrib with. And that is Sayyid Ali Radhawi. Assalamu alaikum Sayyid. You're gonna hold me to that one day. Um, inshallah, I never resign. Or <laughs> get fired. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> you know, we have we never talk about how long or what the end goal is of after Maghrib. The end goal is Jannah, inshallah. Inshallah, destination Jannah. <laughs> well, it starts here in this temporary wall, and inshallah, we can transfer to the hereafter. Inshallah, which inshallah, if Allah gives us hundred year lives each, inshallah, yeah. That means we're gonna do after Maghrib each week until, until then. We've got another like three thousand to go. You can't say no. You don't know. Yeah. You really don't know. Allahu alam. Allah 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 yeah. Everything is in Allah's hands, Honestly. and uh, inshallah, we work to please Him in this world. It's hard work, you know. People ask, "Is it hard filming every week?" It is hard filming every week because we have to put things aside. We have to make provisions. We have to schedule and all of that. Mm. You know, and there comes that point where I was like, oh, what are we doing it for? Because it's very easy to get caught up in the, in the, in like just the scheduling and the production of it. Do you yep. know what I mean? Where we're just producing content for the sake of it. Mm. We always have this conversation behind the scenes. Do you know what I mean? But then we think about the big picture. It's like, no, we're doing this for a reason to serve Ahlul Bayt and Muslim, serve Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And we've got Alhamdulillah community with us who are part of the journey. So it's, you know, we have to keep reminding ourselves what the Oh, alhamdulillah, is. so long as that goal exists and the intention remains, inshallah, sincere, yeah, we can, inshallah, hit the seven heavens. God willing, God yeah. willing. Inshallah. I have inshallah. a question. Go on. I know you've had a very busy week prior, especially this week as well. Yeah. And you, some there's rumors that you've shut down the internet. <laughs> I don't know what's happening, but come on, bro. I hope you're not creating fitna out there. Nah, never, never, never. <laughs> just trying to serve, trying to do my thing. Alhamdulillah. Yeah, yeah, I don't Alhamdulillah. even know what to say. 
Yeah. There's nothing to say. There's nothing yeah, to yeah, say. Yeah. Uh, maybe I shouldn't have shared on the podcast. No, so no, no. Yeah, yeah no, alhamdulillah. You know, you we've, know. we've been planning this conversation for mm. a while, Sayyid. Um, we had an amazing conversation last week with Sayyid Muhammad Hassan. Um, and talking about Amir Abu'l-Muneen, yeah. we talked about the way we want to emulate his life and just not even just emulate him, but, you know, be, inshallah, comparable to the servants of the servants of Amir Abu'l-Muneen. As you say, a lot and yes. you know, that's our goal inshallah to be to be amongst them so i wanted to just start with your permission uh with something i found earlier today permission denied from granted denied. granted, granted. <laughs> from uh none other than nature balaga the peak of eloquence which we have so many gems from bismillahirrahmanirrahim says remember that this world that you covet so ardently and attempt to acquire so earnestly and sometimes which annoys you and sometimes pleases you so much is neither your home nor is it a permanent destination you've not been created for this world mm. nor invited to it as your resting place it shall neither remain with you forever nor will you remain in it eternally if it's enticed you away with its charms it has also warned you and cautioned you of the real dangers lurking in its faults take account of the warnings it's given you and do not be seduced or deceived by its allurements let these warnings frighten you from being too greedy to possess it Try to advance towards the place where you're invited for eternal bliss and turn your face away from the vicious world. But that is like hard-hitting words. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And when we think about these words from Miram Mu'minin, he talks, the way he talks about the world, it's like a, a wild animal, a snake, or like some, you know, something lurking in, in the grass or the bushes which can come out and just devour you. Do you know what I mean? If we're not cautious and we're not aware why we're there and how to avoid being trapped. So I think that's a really nice place to start because the concept of being trapped in the dunya, uh, we were talking about before the podcast, yeah. whether we are trapped at all or not. Oh, uh, yeah, I mean, we, we sort of briefly touched on this just before we started the conversation. And I think, I, and I think Amir al-Mu'mineen, here he's telling us basically, be careful of the deception you find in this world. Yeah. And... Uh, you ask a question, you know, can we be trapped in this dunya? I think we can be without us knowing that we're yeah. trapped. Because, you know, we get so tied down and we're always busy trying to work hard, trying to, you know, earn a living, make some money, get rich or die training. Not 50 cent, don't, yeah. don't take it out of context. But there's people that live that lifestyle where all they see is money on to build so much wealth and just get rich and just spend it. And they forget there is, there is a hereafter. So... I'm not going to say that is their purpose where they wish to ignore the other world, but I think you can get easily deceived to forget yeah. that there is an akhirah. Okay, so let's, that's talk, what let's talk about money, okay? Because mm. we all love money. Yeah. But maybe that's a problem. But is it a problem? Because loving money mm. is fine, but loving money for money to protect you, money to advance you, money to provide for you that is stay with me it's on the brink of shirk if not shirk entirely mm. in my opinion because it's it's entrusting your your sanctity and your safety with uh, a material possession an intangible concept an asset which you can earn but you can never keep do you know what i mean something that you can't take with you in the akhirah right so but you know like someone might say like no i'm not a greedy person i'm not trying to get a bugatti and like a mansion and whatnot Mm -hmm. But maybe there are ways which we're we're striving towards money, like we'll have money-led goals, um, but not even consciously think about it. So let me ask you a question: If I 
for example, wanted to earn enough money to take my family on holiday to Marbella or like to, you know what I mean? Like Australia, where? Morocco, yeah, say much to Marcel. Uh, have you been to Morocco, say? Inshallah, inshallah. inshallah. Nice place. Have you been, say? I have with the family. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Mushtaba, yeah, Mushtaba went with the family. I don't know why he knew me to repeat that. So, <laughs> anyway, but like, is that is that a worldly goal? I don't think there's anything wrong with that goal. Right. Because, look, the way you treat money, I think, can determine whether you are going to be deceived by it or allow it to control you or you control the money itself. And some people, they let the money control them. And some people, they choose wisely how and when and to whom and to where they spend the money on, right? Yeah. Because you can go on a living. Look, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we don't see him anywhere condemning someone to go on a living. Yeah. It's impossible to find Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa All the Ahlul Bayt talk about, you know, don't go and make money. You know, just have enough to eat. We don't find any narrations like this whatsoever at all. Yani, I think the important bit is when you go to work and make that money, there's nothing wrong spending it on your own family. Yeah. There's nothing wrong spending it on improving, you know, because everyone wants to live like a life of dignity. No one's telling you, you know, go live a life of poverty. In fact, the Ahlul Bayt speak against this. They tell you stay away from poverty. I've read narrations by the Ahlul Bayt, where they say someone who dies in poverty, um, in poverty is one of the worst forms of death. Really? Yani, I don't know the meaning, that whole tafsir behind this, this narration, but it tells you that in a way, they're sort of telling us, try to work yeah. towards getting yourself out of poverty. They're not saying go get rich. They're not telling you go make millions and millions of pounds and dollars and dirhams and dinars, whatever it is. No, just make a halal living where you can live your life. Mm. You know, you can serve a purpose. You can build and raise a healthy and inshallah, a righteous family. And you have the best of both worlds. Mm. And your money, you can either choose it to spend it towards halal there's nothing wrong with it going on holidays with your family. Yeah. Absolutely nothing wrong with it. In fact, I think it refreshes the mind. 100%. And it brings the family closer together. 100%. It's yeah. beautiful as well. We've all been on holidays. But at the same time, if you're always going to spend your money on family holidays, don't forget and don't neglect. You can spend those money on ziyara. Ahsad. You can spend those money going with your family to Hajj and Umrah, for example. You can mm. choose the best of both worlds. Because there can always be two extremes. You have to balance. You have to you balance. You have to balance. Because the... the, the either extreme of money or wealth mm. is mm. when you are extremely rich you have so much money that you become extravagant to the point where you are spending money on things you don't need yes the, the richest countries in the world or the countries that spend the most may also be the most wasteful the, the wealthiest country in the world the united states of america is also the most wasteful country in the world yeah you know i read a statistic earlier the usa spends 20 billion dollars a year on valentine's day Valentine's Day, which oh, is obviously okay. a corporate, commercialized, material, capitalist uh, occasion, yes. which has no relevance or place or bearing in, in Western society or real society or, or you know, or in, in Islamic values at all. And then on the extreme, other extreme, when you're in extreme poverty, mm. you're at risk of also doing haram because you're at risk of, of falling into such a position where you do things like thieving, um, you, you do immoral things to earn money. There are so many extreme risks on both ends you know there's a hadith of Mira Mu'mineen alayhi salam I think we're going to keep coming back to Mira Mu'mineen alayhi salam because he, of course in his life you know when he why was, would you go anywhere else yeah exactly, <laughs> honestly yeah he had as when he was we talk about this a lot but when he was and we mentioned it last week as well mm. when he was the the when he had his khulafa the four years in which he was the caliph he eradicated poverty for the Islamic ummah Allah. You know? and uh, Imam al-Hassan alayhi salam 
was the Minister of Finance, subhanAllah, yes. for, that, for the Ummah. So he had a perfect economic system. But you know, he talks about zuhud, asceticism, which is, you know, I'm not going to try and define it because he actually does it in this hadith. He says zuhud is, neither, is not letting, zuhud is not not owning things. It's not letting things own you. Aye. Do you know what I mean? It's like the money, either you control it or, or you allow the money to control you. Because a lot of people spend for happiness. But what's that phrase we all know? Money doesn't buy happiness. Ahsan. Ahsan. It doesn't. Yeah. But there's people who actually believe that. Because they feel like, you know, if I can have all this money and all the wealth in the world, if I can do and spend on whatever I wish, I'll always be happy. Yeah. In fact, I see the quite the opposite. I find a lot of people who, alhamdulillah, they're very wealthy, yeah. but they don't live happy lives. They have miserable lives. Because the more money you have, I genuinely believe the more responsibility you have. And then you don't know where to spend it. How do you spend it? And sometimes you have so much money, you forget there's people out there who need some money. Yeah. I remember if we're talking about us being Muslim here, you know, what are we doing with this money? Are we paying zakat? Are we giving charity? Are we just keeping it all for ourselves? Mm. And there's men out there, by the way, who go out to work and make millions. Wallah, they don't even give their money to their family. Yeah, they don't right. even spend it on their spouse, yeah. even on their children, just for themselves. Yeah. Bro, it's crazy. It is, yeah. It's madness, madness. I was speaking of, of um, uh, I completely forgot I was going to mention a point. Uh, I'm just going to take a break. Just step aside from money for a second. Yeah. You know, being trapped in this dunya is not just money. I think society traps you because you can be, I don't know, living whether you are in Denmark, whether you're in the UK, whether you're in the US. I'm going to say in the Western world, the Western society, it traps you into thinking there is only one way this is what and like say. one goal and yeah. one direction you must take to be successful mm. in this life. Mm. Whether that is buying a dream, your dream home or, you know, uh, driving a Rolls Royce. Or, you know, seeing the ads on the billboards of, you know, drinking and drugs and alcohol and parties and nightclubs. Yeah. And this goes, this is the life they teach you. And they tell you, embrace this dunya. Yeah. This is what life is all about. And if you are not taking this path, you're missing out. Yeah. That's Islam really says the opposite. We're, we're fed that information through TV and media and in our schools. Bombarded our, constantly. Everywhere constantly, you go, everywhere constantly. you look, you know, there's like drugs. Your mind drugs you with dopamine when you go into a shop, literally, or when you're going online and you mm. come across adverts of clothes that you like or shoes that you like. Yasser is over here. He's obviously part of the team. Yasser remembers I was spamming him pictures of shoes like a month ago. I was like, which one should I get? <laughs> and then I, I looking back and I was like, why was I like so... I got the I got a pair of shoes. I was like, okay, now what? Like, do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, I haven't yeah, worn them in ages. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it, it, you you become drugged to a degree where you think, wow, there's a sale on. I need to invest. But let me ask you a question, Said. Okay, because the majority of the people, inshallah, who are listening, yeah, are not like that. Like, we're not we're not yearning to buy our own yachts and to buy like five swimming pools. Why not? And, inshallah, <laughs> we are. But like, to, but with but my point being is, like, for me on a personal level, yeah, of okay, course. And I know, I know you're the same. We both run our businesses. We both are. Uh, men with two children. We have oh, HMRC is not listening. Yeah. Sorry. No, no, no. I said maybe HMRC is listening. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> yeah. it's come, this is what coming out first of Feb. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. Day after tax day. So anyway, um, yeah. No, look. The, the majority of us are yearning to earn a living, mm. but our end goal is comfort. So for me personally, yeah. I might say. I want to earn to the point where I'm comfortable. I can spend more time yeah. with my family and I can put more money towards the community. I might have more time to go for Jamaat <laughs> prayers at the mosque, whatever it might be. Do you see what I mean? But 
at times you may also feel like that's a rat race. There's a hamster wheel you're constantly running on. I like, know I'm working to earn more so I can be more comfortable and have more time. Allah hasn't given us time eternally. Yeah. Like, you know, th there's no guarantee that we will live to the point where we become comfortable enough, that we've earned enough to feel comfortable to spend more time with our family. Mm. I have a great friend of mine who, I told you this on the phone earlier, he had a job offer. Yes. He was looking for a job. And he had job offers, but all of the job offers were working from the office. He said, no, I want a job which I can work from home yep. so I can be with my kids. So he declined all of the job offers. And he said, mm. I'm going to start my own business. I'm going to work from home so I can be with my children. But at the cost of not earning as much. So he prioritized his family in that situation. Yeah. You may turn around or someone may turn around and say, well, he's going to suffer because he's earning less. But it comes down to how we value things. And the key question is, how do we value things? Because the majority of us aren't looking to become extravagant. So your friend here, he's basically understood that money does not buy you happiness. Ascent, yeah. yeah I, if you can use him as an example, I think he found the, the greatest balance of being a father yeah. and being a husband and a family man. Yani if, if you want to live, make, an, make, a, make a halal earning, you know, Bring that income home, spend it on your family, on your food, on the clothes, whether you go out, I don't know, maybe some tuition classes, some sports classes, whatever you do with your kids, whatever it is, yeah? Yeah. You don't need to be extravagant. Yeah. And you reach a state where you say, you know, I'm happy with this. There's a roof over our heads. Our family are clothed. Our family are eating. There's heating that's been turned on, for example. There is a car taking us from A to B. There is like the basics, necessities of life. Why would you want more than that? Yeah. If you can be content with that, believe me, that is a very good stage to be in in your life. Very, very good stage. When I, when I say content, I don't mean don't go earn more money. Don't go try to work even harder. No. You have understood that this life, I don't need to chase more. Yeah, yeah. 100%. What I have is enough. And look, we can chase this world as much as we want financially. Okay, there's, like I said, there's other things that people chase in this world. Well, let's focus on money here. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He determines your risk. Mm. Your sustenance is determined by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Whether you go work for it or you don't, whatever Allah determines for you as your risk will eventually reach you. Yeah. There's many narrations about this. Very, very true. Yeah. So you can put in a hundred hours, be away from your family, you know, always sometimes having to do haram to earn a living. Yeah. There's a lot of people who cheat the system just so they can, they can make some money. But eventually Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells you, I've determined, I'm giving you 60 grand this year. Yeah. Why are you working so hard to earn an extra 65? Yeah. And you've lost and half you know your life. You'll, you'll know this as well, especially when you're in business of mm. any sort. There'll be times where you have luck. You know, you have a big client come out of nowhere or you have a big sale of some sort and you have a lot of money that comes away out of nowhere unexpected and there are times where you have costs that you don't anticipate you know your car breaks down or you've got some sort of fees that you've got to pay they say when it rains it pours when it rains it pours <laughs> so like these things are not on our in our hand if yeah, at the yeah, beginning yeah, yeah. of every year january the first we knew it across the year we've got x many anticipated costs mm. that we're going to have mm. unanticipated and we're going to also make money that we don't anticipate you know then life would be a lot easier but life is not about that you know there's uh, and, and what's interesting you mentioned about spending time with the family there was, uh, if I'm not mistaken, a narration where a lady called Khawla went to Rasulullah Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and she said, Ya Rasulullah, my husband, whose name was Uthman, mm. he, he's so pious 
that he fasts during the day and he prays during the night. Yeah. But then he doesn't spend time with me and my family, my children. Yeah, 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 yeah. Can you speak to him? So Rasulullah Muhammad went to him and he said, Uthman, what you're doing, I know is for the sake of Allah. Mm. But if you're doing it to the point where you're neglecting your family, then your, your a'mal are not accepted. Yeah. You know, and it just goes to show that, you know, we can, you know, on one extreme, work so hard that we neglect our salah. We neglect our siyam. We neglect our family time. We neglect our responsibilities to the community, even financially. But then on the other hand, we have members of the community, albeit not many, if I'm going to be really honest, maybe there are, but I don't know, who maybe are so pious, so spiritual, so practicing that they neglect those around them. We hear all the time stories of, of the children of ulama, sometimes who are neglected by their fathers or neglected by their grandfathers or whatever because they're always at the masjid and always giving mm. majalis and this and that. And they say, well, they don't even spend time with me. I know I have friends who, who were in that situation as well. So it's a very important balance, like you said, to strike up. The best blessing we have at the end of the day is our family and all of the non-material assets we've been given. Our health, our family, our aql and ilm, and our wilaya, our belief in the minimum mu'mineen, the, the path that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us is the biggest blessing. If we die on that with haq, then inshallah we're, we're, we're sorted. What you're saying now, you know, it just gave me a memory of, it's not a hadith, it's not a narration. I don't know anyone thinks a narration. It's a, it's a quote by someone, I'm not sure of his name, where he says, Malcolm X. Never get too busy making a living, you forget how to live. I like that. Yeah, and you, you, you forget that, you know, whilst you're so busy trying to work so hard, Look, you can work hard. Yeah. You know, here, here we're trying to say, you know, Allah is not telling you don't go work. In fact, you going to work is ibadah. Yeah. You know, there's reward yeah, in yeah, this, yeah. okay? Um, halal living. Let me just make that clear. But don't work too hard. Overwork yourself. Overstress yourself and bring so much pressure on yourself and on your family that you forget to enjoy, enjoy life. Yeah. The fruits of what's lawful for you, Absent. not be, uh, the fruits of this dunya, the temporary ones, those that are lawful for you, and inshallah, one that will help you take you towards the akhirah. Because this world, we have to treat it, Ahmed, as a bridge. Yeah. The work that we put here in this world takes us, inshallah, to the akhirah. Mm. And our aim is always gender. And you're telling me you want to work so hard that you forget to take yourself to Jannah. You work so hard that you don't want to be in Jannah with your spouse and kids, for example. And there's people, they work so hard in this world, they neglect their family. Yeah. They work so hard in this world, they neglect their community. They mm. neglect their obligations and the obligations to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Because they're not living, say, they're we always, By the way, you always have an excuse. I always yeah. find people, sometimes I, I fall in this myself, you know, we're working, 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 working. Salah time comes. Yeah. Okay, half an hour, another one hour, and then bro, time goes past. Next yeah. thing you know, bro, it's almost other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What are we doing? And nowadays, honest we have to God, a, what are we three, doing? Three, four hour period in between. Very difficult. And you it know, is, it is. This is, I was speaking to um, one of the guys in my office, um, non Muslim guy. We need to bring one of your office guys to this podcast, <laughs> by the way. They're full of stories. <laughs> yeah, honestly, subhanAllah. One of them is part of our community, actually listens to them. Amazing. Um, <laughs> anyway, one of the guys in the office, he was saying to me, like, Ahmed, why do you guys, why do you, why do you pray so closely together? Uh, but earlier in the year, you weren't. Because like, mm -hmm. of Salah times changed. Yeah. And I tried to explain to him the, the, uh, um, the timing between Asr and Maghrib. Yes. It's shorter than, anyway, I don't want to get into it. So it kind of, it kind of pointed out to me that, uh, you know, praying on time, obviously it takes its toll. 
from our day in terms of work just you know you could argue not a distraction but disruption mm. for example is probably a more accurate word from your day but it doesn't make a difference in the grand scheme of things because like you said your risk is determined by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala yeah. that money comes back to you you know I remember when I got married or engaged I had a, a brother who um, actually part of our friend circle and I remember I was a young a young guy at the time and I said to him how am I going to afford to get married I you're found, still young you're still young i was young yeah I, no I, I said to him i was like there's a i i it just hit me like you know i'm gonna have to share my wealth and this and that he said trust me the minute you trust allah allah will provide for you subhanahu yeah, yeah, yeah you know and it just went to show but you know there are people who like you said who are working to live but not living what was the phrase that you said don't forget it's, yeah uh, the quote by that man yeah, yeah, yeah. okay uh don't get too busy Trying to, trying to make a living. Ma don't get too to busy making a living that you forget how to live. Yeah. Because then what happens is you don't live, you yeah, exist. Yeah. You're existing through life. You're just there. You're, like, you're, you're a static like being. Mm. You, know, you wake up, you have your breakfast, you go work, you come home, you have dinner and sleep. Halas. Like, you know, you're working for what? A two-day like two weekend. Mm. Yeah, like there's there's no enjoyment. You're living with no purpose. Yeah, exactly. You're just living to pay off your, I don't know, your car loans, your, your mortgages, mortgages and, and your bills and, and your ago, council we, tax. We spoke and your... about parents and we talked about mm. spending quality time with our children. Allah. You know, I've been trying my hardest to implement this. Is that a conversation? Practice what you preach. Honestly, <laughs> honestly, bro. Because there's, you know, there, there's so many things that I could come home and I could start scrolling on my phone and all of these things. But mm. that is being trapped in the dunya. You know, it's being trapped in, in these devices and these in these apps that we have on our phone. It doesn't do anything tangibly for us. But at the same time, I want to ask you a question, okay? Moving away from money. What are, there's like rapid fire answers that we can go through. All right. What are other things that can we can trap ourselves in? Especially <sighs> the build up to Shah Ramadan. Things that maybe we can stop doing or we can start doing more of. Yeah, I, know, I think and... one of the biggest things that muslims face uh is this world of me yeah we've spoken about it many times and we will continue speaking about it because it just doesn't end yeah yani, music is a habit that it's, it's a tool of shaitan basically and the fact that we're listening to it we are allowing ourselves to be deceived by its lyrics by its unlawful instruments all of these things they can change our state of mind and sometimes you can hear certain instruments and music it can change your mood yes, 100%. it can elevate you it can depress you it can make you think about negative moments it can make you remember the greatest of moments it plays with you yeah and when and and then i don't know i don't know what Salim Mushab said in the background i don't know who that person is <laughs> But, yeah. but music is truly harmful and then forget the instruments now now come to the lyrics if you are constantly listening to this so i can't mention lyrics here on on, on the podcast but there's certain things out there in this world all they talk about is let's go smoke the drugs let's go drink the alcohol you know let's yeah. let's go party with the girls it's all about haram haram haram, haram. listen to say that ali Radu instead no, 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 no. Yeah, we no, have no. better yeah, yeah. alternatives. No, Habibi, right, we, have, right. we have Quran and supplications. We have, you know, Adiyah. We have Ziyarat. We have Latmiyat. We have Anashid. We have the best of everything. Yeah. And you're telling me when you don't listen to these uh, Islamic recitations, your heart and mind doesn't find any ease. No, subhanAllah. Your heart no, and right. mind doesn't find any peace. Bro, wallah, it, it, it can take you closer to Allah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The moment you turn off music 
and stop listening to the harmful BS that comes out from the sound waves, bro, you're going to realize there is more purpose in this world yeah. than what you have given it. Yeah. And that's aiming for the next, the yeah. Akhirah. Ahsad. Ahsad. Yeah, that's one habit, I would say, and if we're trying, we're here in the month of Rajab, yeah. we're trying to improve ourselves leading up to Ramadan. The problem is Ramadan's going to come. Everyone's going to cut off music, right? Yeah. Eid comes, everyone turns it back turns on. It back on. What is the point? And the worst thing is it's turning back on because it's Eid. Uh, you know, in certain cultures, you, when it's Eid day, you have an Eid party. In some yeah. occasions, you have parties. They're Huh? It's, yep. it's, all, it's all basically drumming and dancing, yeah, yeah, is what yeah, I'm yeah. trying to say. Yeah, yeah. You have, you have, you have, um, like, uh, especially in like Indo, Indo Pak cultures, you have certain music which is played with instruments, flutes, uh, guitars, pianos, stuff like that, which is cultural you know because it's an ordu with a bit of arabic and they'll chuck in like a yali madad and this and that in some of that these songs legit. yeah they're like oh no it's okay there's a bit of allah allah and that so it makes it all right yeah. no none of that that's not okay like it's not at right. the same time like look don't get me wrong okay we're not um trying to be holier than thou of course okay? but at the same time because look We've been through it, especially me. I've talked a lot about my experiences have, with yeah. music in the past. And I fully get it. And there are times where I also come to it. And there's others who will feel the same way, I'm sure. But at the end of the day, music is a disease of the heart. It's mm. a spiritual disease. And the same way we can talk about many other spirit, spiritual diseases. And all of these diseases, in the build-up to Shah Ramadan, mm -hmm. we should be looking to cleanse. The diseases of the heart, the mind, and the soul. You know, And music is one of those. It's it's uh, Imam Sajjad Islam. He talks about the ears being a, a passage into the heart, you know. And when he talks in the Rasat al Hukuk, he talks about the right of the ears. He says the ears are the passage into the heart, you know, the qalb. And yeah. it's not a literal, it's not a biological statement. Mm -hmm. It's more so saying that your your ears is what will affect your your nafs, your ruh, you know. And listening to the goodness of this dunya is what will take you to akhirah. Mm. Not listening to the filth of the dunya. No, it's right, it's right. And I, I want to ask you the same thing. Yeah. But just before I do, I, I want to mention something and then we'll come back yeah. to this habits and how we can improve, let's say, being in the month of Rajab. We have a narration by Imam al-Baqar alayhi salam. Allahumma salli ala Muhammad wa ali Muhammad. We're going back to being in this dunya, yeah. trying to find the balance. Imam, Imam al-Baqar alayhi salam, look, he says, the one who forsakes this world for the hereafter or the one who forsakes the hereafter for this world is not from us. Really? SubhanAllah. What is he saying? Balance. Here, your Imam is telling you, and remember when Ahlul Bayt speak, this is Rasulullah talking. Mm. When Rasulullah is talking, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is coming from Allah. Okay. And these are all, you know, divine people chosen by God. When they speak, it's hujjah for us. Mm. They're telling you basically, don't neglect this world because you're just chasing the hereafter. Mm. And don't chase the hereafter that you neglect this world. They're telling you, use this world to your advantage. Yeah. To take you to the next. And you take from this world what you need. And it just reminds me of a point we had with Ahmed Sadiq. Ahmed Sadiq, we had the, during the month of Ramadan. Yeah. Where he said something very similar. It was Muharram. He was like, take from this world what you need. Hey, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not telling you don't enjoy the pleasures yeah, of this dunya. Yeah. But enjoy them correctly. And what's lawful to you? Yeah. No one's saying you don't go drive a Rolls Royce. You can afford it. You've played off all your obligations. Go drive a Rolls Royce. Yeah. Who cares? Yeah. As long as you're not, you know, neglecting everything else. But anyway, back to the back to our point when it comes to the month of Rajab and trying to improve towards the month of Ramadan. Now I want to ask you. You've yeah. been asking me all the questions. 
I've mentioned music as one example. Mm. What is another example that I can learn to improve on and maybe everyone else listening? This wouldn't apply to you, but uh, before the podcast, we talked about relationships. Talking okay. to the opposite gender. Talking uh, unlawfully to those Why would you the say opposite it doesn't gender. apply? Say you're married. So I'm talking about those who are speaking to non-mahram. Do you know what I'm saying? People who people who are married will have yeah, conversations right. Inshallah, with not you. Uh, Inshallah, not Inshallah, you. I'm talking about people who who will fall into this trap, and it can be anyone. Yeah. Okay, so I'm talking about liking pictures of the opposite gender, liking mm. stories, replying on DMs. Uh, the second look, you know, even the first look is not ideal, but you know what I mean. So going past the point of of what is necessary, the, f- the first look is not ideal. What's lawful for you? It's lawful, yeah. But like even when you know. Don't extend the look, and you know that. Kind of but my point being is lower is that gaze, brothers. lower the gaze, yeah. <laughs> and and for the sisters as well, and the Holy Quran tells us, yeah. you know, that for the sisters, make sure you uh, preserve your modesty, and for the brothers to lower the gaze, and that's an important and incumbent uh, and a necessary instruction that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala has given us, especially in the build up to Shah Ramadan. Mm. And there are times when in Shah Ramadan, of course, you're restricted from doing so many things. One of those is the fasting of the eyes. Making sure that you're not looking at something you shouldn't be looking at. Yeah. So that could be looking at someone walking in the street. It could be watching something on TV, which is not uh, beneficial to you. It could be uh, something on your phone. It could be anything. But the point being, and it could even be time wasting, like mm. you know, playing games on your PS5 or on yeah. your phone or whatever. Yeah. But the point being is that you're not using your eyes in an inappropriate manner, specifically when it comes to the opposite gender, um, because that that does not help you. Doesn't help help your heart or your soul. Um, I also want to mention something we talked about, especially what you mentioned about taking from this world. Yeah, I agree with that. I, I fully and wholeheartedly agree with that. There are studies which have been shown that when it comes to food in particular, yeah, yeah, they did um, an experiment kind of or a, a, a case study on people who were given a choice of 10 different delicious meals yeah. versus people who were given two options only. Mm. And they ask them to eat as much as they want, have as much food as they want, and after to rank their satisfaction and happiness. But those who had the option of 10 different plates, 10 different meal options, were less satisfied than those who had two. I don't know if you felt the same way. I always have this thing when I go to a buffet, I'm like, yeah, I'll try this, 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 and this. I'll try a bit of everything. By the end of it, I'm like, yeah, it tastes really good, but I don't feel content. In fact, it happened to me last week, subhanAllah. I was at a wedding. It was like amazing, mashallah, Iraqi food. I had a bit of everything by the end of it I got home I was like I'm, I don't know why I feel hungry or I feel do you know what I mean mm. you don't feel content or satisfied. the problem is you ate with your eyes yeah, yeah. <laughs> you eat with your eyes mm. and you know that's Islam has had has guidance on everything there's moderation in everything but when it comes to food it's the same thing we shouldn't overindulge to the point where we eat uh, away our faith you know speaking you know I mean? about food I think one day we should have a conversation about the etiquettes of eating yeah, you know yeah. there's so much in in in, in from the Sunnah of Rasulullah oh Muhammad wasallam, just when it comes to eating, but that's a separate conversation. That's such a good idea. But such a good idea. you know, here we are, you know, approaching, inshallah, not too far away from the month of Ramadan. A lot of us will be abstaining from eating because we're fasting. And food is a big thing. Yeah, a very very big thing. But you know, we can start that from now. Like, I had a, a lecture in um, uh, a couple of weeks ago around the time of um, Fatima Jawad Islam, and there was a the, the speaker mentioned about fasting in the month of Rajab and talked specifically about using the month of Rajab to do a minimum of three fasts. Ascent. This is to guarantee you paradise. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, paradise is great. 
Yeah, like you know, inshallah, we pray for paradise. But the idea being is that you also prepare yourself. I know this narration. Can I share it? Go on, it's by Imam Jafar al-Sadiq alayhi salam. And you were so lucky to have Imam Jaf Jafar al-Sadiq. Every time we read, qala al-Sadiq, qala al-Sadiq. Yeah, it's yeah, amazing. Yeah. He's a beautiful most... treasure. Amazing treasure box for us. And he, you know, he goes in the month of Rajab. And this is how significant Rajab is in the eyes of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He goes, the one who fasts, only one, one fast during the month of Rajab, what happens to him? Mm. The distance of hellfire, and Jahannam and him, there exists a distance of a hundred years of walking. And wow. you're walking for a hundred years, that hellfire is going to be that distant from you. That's just fasting one night. Wow. Three nights, what happens? The Imam says, the one who fasts three nights during the month of Rajab, the doors of heavens become wajib upon him. Yeah. Yani, so I don't, inshallah, we do enter paradise. Inshallah, inshallah. But imagine just having the glimpse or the scent of Jannah. Yeah. yeah that's amazing. Yeah. That, yeah. That's like, inshallah, a dream come true. Yeah. Destination. Inshallah. Oh, destination. We, you know, I, I was, I told you before the, the podcast, uh, I asked you to pick a number between 1 and 37, and you picked 37. You remember? Yes. Because I found a list online that says, you know you are too attached to the dunya when, and number 37 was, you don't ask for Jannah the same way you ask for the dunya. Mm. And that's such a good point because how many times do we, firstly, how many times do we go into sujood and ask du'a? Or how many times do we raise our hands and ask for du'a? Like that in itself, we don't do enough. You know, understanding the power of the du'a in itself is a, bro, this is your communication with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah sent down the kitab, uh, the Quran al-Hakim for us. You know, for us to benefit from, that's his spoken word to us. And we can respond with our hands in the air to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But when you raise your hands or you bow your head into sujood and you ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the dunya, remember to also ask for the akhirah. Because obviously we're not guaranteed uh, the next, uh, to, to live this in this world. And we, we are guaranteed to enter the next life. And whether that is for our benefit or to our detriment, you know, it's to be seen. Oh, and you know, the beauty of dua is that yeah. you raise your hands and you know by you like imagine extending your hands to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala I, I think autom automatically that helps take away arrogance from you yeah 100%. it helps you know Humility. when you raise your hands in supplications it takes away any ego or yeah, any yeah, yeah. power or or control you think you have because you know no matter what authority you have in this world mm. bro allah is your lord allah is your master that's like a key theme I you think. may be a king in this world but allah is the king of kings and you know, here we are talking about asking for Jannah, the best dua we can ask. And inshallah, every time we pray, don't forget to pray this in your qunut. Rabbana atana fi dunya hasana wa fi al-akhirati hasana wa qana adab al-nar. Simple words. It's probably the best. You know, the, the key theme kind of coming towards the end of the conversation of this whole theme mm. of detachment from the dunya is ego. Like you mentioned, Sayyid. Ego is probably the biggest... Um, banana peel on the floor if you want to call it mm. that metaphorically it's something so easy for us to slip up on yeah you know and we hear the hadith is is the ego is like that of a black ant on a black rock in a black black night it's so hard to spot the ego in the heart so our ego is something which is it, it needs to be uh examined and we need to do that uh, self-accountability i always talk about this to regularly talk about our self-accountability and try to spot our ego to the point where we know whether we are uh, fumbling or not mm. do you see what i mean if we have an ego we're going to care about what people think i have an ego what car am i driving this guy might think i'm driving an old car i'm better than i need you. to get a private number plate yeah which i, I have my views on. i've had one before said i'm not judging <laughs> but like there are people who get a private number plate 
purely for the sake of I don't want someone to know how many years old my car is. Allahu Akbar. You know, for, why spend £3,000 on a number plate so so random guy doesn't know, who doesn't know you, doesn't think you have an old car? I, I can't fathom that, personally speaking. I, mm. I know I'm in a room with people with private number plates. <laughs> but nonetheless, you see what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, these are things which I feel like all come back to the ego. It you does, I mean? it does. And and I think if someone wants to have like a better understanding about anger, arrogance and ego, yeah, we have an amazing podcast with Brother Yasser, Mashallah, who actually joined Mashallah. us on a conversation and wallah, you know, it, it made us understand why shaitan became shaitan. Yeah. It was his ego. Mm. And if we want to improve on Ramadan's coming up, inshallah, yeah. the best time is to listen to this podcast is now prepare yourself to detach from this world of so ego say, and arrogance. I'm going to ask and, you. Okay. Um, you, you know, on the, on the thing of prayer, yeah. where you're saying like ego and prayer. Mm. On the last Marvel movie, they were like about to crash. The helicopter is about to crash. What did they say before crashing? There's a Pakistani guy in the back of the plane. Yeah. Ya Allah, Ya Allah, Ya Allah. And then suddenly he stops praying and Nick Fury goes, why'd you stop praying? We need all the help we can get. <laughs> That's the power of dua. Even Hollywood is going to tell you, Even the Quran you turn back to your Lord. When you're at sea and you call to Allah subhanahu ta'ala, even Nick Fury is calling to Allah. The Quran prophesies what Nick Fury said. <laughs> even That's those crazy. who don't believe in God, I, I guarantee you, if they're on the plane and that plane is going yeah. spiral they down towards the them, what are they going to say? Oh, oh my God. God. Yeah. God help me. God help God me. Help God me. save us. Honestly. It's crazy. We all need Allah to save us, inshallah. And guide us. Yeah. To inshallah. Inshallah. So so I was gonna say, what is our pledge? So what's I'm gonna I'm gonna put myself first on the line, okay? Allahu Akbar. Inshallah. Tomorrow I'm gonna fast. Okay? So I'm 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 gonna fast tomorrow on the back of this conversation. Are you gonna join me? Amen. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, Bismillah. All right, safe. And we will put our uh, iftar. Iftar. I was gonna say we'll put our iftar. On You're gonna the... put pressure on the missus here. Yeah, no, I was gonna say, but I'm not gonna. I'm gonna be at work, so my iftar's gonna be a tuna sandwich or something. <laughs> so it's not gonna be that 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 exciting. But that's okay. Yeah. Because yeah. We, we're we're trying to detach from the dunya. You know, we don't need biryani. And fasting is amazing. Yeah, man. Wallah, Wallah is amazing. Outside of Ramadan. Yeah, yeah. It because feels more because when it's outside of Ramadan, it's no longer like an obligation. It feels, it's mustahab. Yes. You, yes, you feel yes, like yes, you're yes. you're doing it because you want to, mm. not because it's wajib on you. And I know it doesn't sound like so holy to say that, but it's it's nice to do it because you know that you, you've sacrificed for this and you you pray, inshallah, it's accepted. Inshallah. You know? When you're on fast number 13, then fast number 14, then fast number 15, on the Shahr Ramadan, mm. it feels like, okay, I'm a couple of weeks in, I'm doing it, I have to do it. Tomorrow I'm going to have to fast. Yesterday I had to fast. Today I had to fast. You know what I mean? But when you're fasting the month of Sha'ban or the month of Rajab, in these blessed months we fast, there's extra reward for us. You know, and it will prepare our mind, our soul, and of course our bodies as well. There it's is. going to be a hard month this year as well, as always. So um, we pray it becomes easy for everyone. Inshallah. Including Inshallah. ourselves. Inshallah. Honestly. <laughs> Especially right, those with a caffeine addiction. Yeah, yeah. yeah. People have other addictions, but I'll stick to caffeine. Yesterday I had chai, like, uh, not even late, maybe like 7 30, 8 o'clock. Hey, bro, I couldn't sleep till 1 a.m. What chai was it? It's Iraqi chai. Iraqi chai. Ahmed okay. tea. Ahmed tea. So, cardamom, Ahmed local blend. tea. Yeah, <laughs> honestly. All right, guys, oh, great conversation as yeah, always. Yeah. I love it. 
Yeah. Love it, love it, love it, love it. I think it was really... Uh, I'm excited for Ramadan now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Genuinely. It's me into the zone. Mm. We have a lot planned for Ramadan as well, don't we? We do. Yeah. And inshallah, with the tawfiq of Allah and the praise of our beloved audience and community, we can reach those milestones. Inshallah. inshallah. God willing. Inshallah. Guys, let us know what you want to see in the build-up to now and Shahr Ramadan. So we still have about five-ish weeks between now and then. So... Um, is there anyone in particular you want to see on the podcast who you feel we can reach out to? Is there any topics that you want to hear? Let us know. Um, and also during the holy month, what sort of content do you want to see? Because we're starting to plan that from now. You know, we've still got a, just over a month. What sort of topics do you want to see? Um, and how frequently do you want to hear our podcast? Last year we did, I think, six, seven or eight podcasts. More than four, for sure. I think we school. released two episodes per week. Yeah. Rather than one a week yeah yeah so, so we yeah. done an extra three or four episodes yes yeah you're right yeah yeah so it was nearly nearly which was good by the it way it was really nice because i felt like we made the most of the month and we had some amazing speakers and the topics year. we chose they were made for the month yeah i, I couldn't imagine having those conversations outside of ramadan so it was good that we did but we also did we also did a lot of great conversations in the build-up shah ramadan yes obviously last year guys if you're uh listening we had a really we had some really good conversations before ramadan we mm. had Sister Gula Zahra at the beginning of Shah Ramadan, you talked about making the most of it. I remember we had brother Imran Datu on for 15th Sha'aban. We talked about connecting with Imam al-Mahdi prior to Shah Ramadan. Like these are all conversations which are timeless, albeit last year with a different studio and all of that. But, you know, make sure you check it out. Let us know in the comments what you want to see coming up. Yeah. Keep us in your du'as. Keep us in your du'as. And inshallah we do the same. Just remember, just make the intention to get out of this trapment of being in the dunya. Mm. Allah loves you more than your family. Allah loves you more than your own parents and he's closer to you than your jungle, jungle of vain. vain. All you have to do is make that intention, make, make some dua. Ya Allah, make it easy for me. And inshallah, Allah subhanahu See, wa ta'ala hold on, hold on, makes hold on. it easy. Mustafa, switch camera to, to, to Ali. Say Ali, do that again. Oh, come on, bro. This, do it again, was, do it this again. was natural, man. Do it again, do it again, do it again. <laughs> Okay, that's a thumbnail. That's what, a thumbnail. What did I say? One second. Yeah, Allah, like that. There you go. That's your thumbnail. Enjoy it. Oh, just for a thumbnail. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Allah. Say. All right, guys. We'll see you next week. Take care. Assalamualaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh.